This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. Welcome back into the 76ers Podcast Network. On this episode, we recap Matisse Thibel's run with Team Australia, which culminated with a bronze medal alongside Lauren Rosen. I'm Matt Murphy. And Lauren, as we jump right in, the comment about not bronze, but rose gold, that was a golden comment from Matisse. It really took off. Look, Matisse has improved in a lot of ways since joining the 76ers now just over two years ago, but his ability to deliver a soundbite, he he came in with that talent and it has only grown since they did not win bronze. They in fact won rose gold. And Matt, it was just so much fun to watch. It was an absolute delight of a run from start to finish. And, and I'm so glad we got to sort of participate in it from afar. Of course. And you did a fantastic job covering it with the culmination being that bronze medal match. It was a 107-93 victory over Luka Doncic and Slovenia on Saturday. If you're listening to this on time, just a few days ago, the not only a bronze medal, but the first ever medal for Australia. And Matisse played a big role in the entire run, even in that in the most recent game he started. It was, it was his first start as a boomer, a well-earned start and, and cool to see the way that his teammates sort of rallied around him because as he has said throughout this run, he's the new guy on this team. And so for them to have rallied around him when he just became part of the 12-man roster, but then again to become part of that starting five, it was just cool to watch the way that, that he progressed throughout the run. And then, of course, came up pretty big, 11 points, five for six from the field, five rebounds, four assists, three steals, averaged three steals throughout the run led the entire Olympic field in total steals. He had 18 steals per game, three steals per game in just 23.2 minutes per game. And if you've followed Matisse in the NBA, these stats aren't surprising to you. But honestly, Matt, the offensive stats are, are what stood out to me because that was something he was relied upon a lot more in this run than he is relied upon with his Sixers teammates, understandably so. But cool to see him really make an offensive impact and also be relied upon for the offensive impact. It feels with the Sixers that when Matisse has contributed offensively, it's been an awesome bonus, but it's not really what they're looking for from him. The Boomers needed him to do this, and he was able to do it. 7.8 points per game, 62.3% from the field, shooting the three confidently, driving to the basket confidently, penetrating and finding teammates confidently. Really cool to see his offensive game grow. The field goal percentage was what I was going to point to. I know we did do a preview podcast after some of the exhibition games and he shot the ball well then he shot the ball well in the tournament itself so just from a game by game basis you were so locked in how did you see him grow over the actual tournament games well, to me, the growth came on the offensive end. We saw solid defense all along. That five-steal game in the opener, surprising maybe to international fans, not surprising to Sixers when fans. When you just said the thing about first and steals and steals per game, going in, it, it's like we could have predicted that, and it happened, and it's just so casual, but he did lead the entire tournament in those categories. But like you said, offense on a game-to-game -game basis was impressive, too. Yeah, if you're asking me where the growth was, I mean, I think credit to Matisse, though, because he did come into the tournament with, with offensive confidence that we haven't seen a ton of so far in his pro career, and then it grew from game to game. And I think some of that is credit to guys like Patty Mills and Joe Ingles, who so clearly brought him in under their wing with the Olympic experience, with the authority to tell him, hey, like, we need you to contribute here. And then Matisse, of course, 
taking the challenge, rising to the occasion, and I think learning a lot that's going to translate to his third year in the NBA. And when it comes to shooting, just quickly to touch on this, Patty Mills was fantastic, and especially with the 40-plus point game uh, to beat Slovenia. But What an icon. What an icon. Him and some other notable players on the international scene didn't shoot it necessarily as well as we're used to from three, so it's important for players like Matisse to have confidence in their shot when they're open in a setting like this, and I think Matisse provided that and more, which was an eye-opener for a lot of fans of Australia. He was such a critical part of their team, and he was seemingly just in the right spots at all times, but it was a talented team all around. I mentioned Mills, but Thibel was critical to their team success and the run that they made. Yeah, you asked about sort of progression throughout the Olympic Games. And, and for me, that's where it was. It, it was offensive contributions and confidence in those contributions that I saw growing game by game, even if it was just in subtle ways. He really wasn't deferring by the end of these Olympics. And if he was, it was because someone had a better shot. Um, that's something we're big Fran Fraschilla people uh, here in Studio 76. But but Fran pointed out that part of Boomer's culture is, is giving up a good shot for a great shot. And, and that's something that Matisse was able to sort of unlock as a passer. We've talked about him a little bit during his Sixers career as like a sneaky, good passer, but like a couple yeah. cross court passes, some right. really sneaky stuff. Um, I remember a couple beneath the basket, really cool to see him finding his teammates. So not only creating for himself, creating for others, growing and, and, and developing confidence in skills that he hasn't had as many reps performing as an NBA player and now might get more opportunities to do so. For our local Philadelphia audience, it makes me think of Villanova and Jay Wright was on the Team USA staff, but good, better, best in terms of shot selection and the next pass. But how did he end up in the starting lineup in that game? Was it a Luka Doncic thing? Because I know that was a matchup in, in the bronze medal game. Yeah, I mean, you have to assume that, that that's what it was all about. Luka was... I mean, Patty Mills in FIBA, I, I don't know how we sort of stack players against one another <laughs> offensively, but if you really do look at all the players that were in that game, I think Luca was the best offensive player in the game, and I think Matisse was the best defensive player in the game. So to make sure that they were out there when the game started so they could set the tone the way that they did in that game against the USA but weren't quite able to maintain, I think was important. And, and I'm not a basketball coach, but I do think that the general message was we need Matisse to be out there when Luca's out there for as long as possible, and, and he certainly did a good job in those minutes. And Luca's another guy guy that I'm talking about that maybe didn't shoot it as well from three as might have been expected because he attempted a lot of contested shots throughout the entirety of all of Slovenia's games and in the in the last game as well uh let's talk well before we get there one sequence that I thought was so Matisse was at the end of the game against Slovenia he had did they credit him with a block he had, a, he had in your final stat line tweet it ended with three steals, but I it did. Did he I have one block? He did have one block, but I wasn't sure if they were going to credit him for yeah. it. And I released the tweet <laughs> before there was clarity. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looked like he had the strip, almost came up with the steal, didn't quite, and then immediately. And then the putback dunk. Uh -huh. So he just plays through the end of the game, through the final buzzer. And it was a, a very important final buzzer for Australia, for him, for all the individual players. But he, he played all the way through and he had a play on the defensive end and it and an emphatic, they called it an exclamation point on the broadcast with the putback dunk. So that was just a cool way to end it for him. And I mean, just again, for, for confidence, like look at the way that the Sixers season ended. It was tough on everybody. I think they all had a really hard time swallowing that game seven loss, Matisse included. To see him now finish a playoff-like 
experience coming up so big and really doing his job on both ends, it's got to be helpful for your confidence when your NBA season ended the way that it did. I I love that he played in this tournament. I love that he had the opportunity to grow in this tournament. And I think we're going to see some some Boomer Matisse in his third season. Um, That's just over a month away. Yeah, no, that's a lie. Two months away. Sorry. I was getting hasty. (laughs) I want to finish up um, in a few minutes with just the Boomer culture and community that you became a part of over the last few weeks. But before we go there, you mentioned the Sixers and Joel Embiid sent out a tweet uh, saying elite in all caps and some of his other Matisse's other Sixers teammates were showing love. So it was cool to see that with just the thought in mind that Sixers basketball is just around the corner. And like we've been talking about, this is going to do nothing but help Matisse in the NBA season. So what did you make of the NBA connections coming out about his international play? Well, of course, you love to see Joel showing love. Joel doesn't tweet that frequently. So when he does, you know he's passionate about something. And, and I think it's worth noting that Joel has been a big advocate of Matisse and his game since he was a rookie. Um, even just listening to, to media bites over these past couple of years, Joel does make it a point to, to talk about how impressive he finds Matisse, to name Matisse as a future all NBA defensive player, which he was this season. And, and when Matisse made that all defensive team, he said that guys like Joel and Ben have been telling him since he got here that he was going to be an all defensive player. So cool to know that that's happening in private. And now it's also happening publicly. When Joel Embiid gives you gives you a pat on the back, it's a it's a hearty one. And, and it was cool to see him do that publicly. He's called him at times a defensive player of the year candidate mm-hmm. as well, in addition to all defense, which we saw him make the second team, of course. Do you want to talk about the community <laughs> for sure. a few minutes? Because let's give them a shout out. And, and obviously we've we've given you shout outs. Uh, just it was a it is a family, it seems, with Australian boomers basketball. What What do you want to say about how they welcomed you during the run? Yeah, thank you for giving me uh, that little lob because I would like to complete it. It has been nothing but a pleasure to engage with with Australian basketball fans. And it's not that I didn't know that they existed. It's that I didn't know they would be as passionate and supportive of Matisse. Like, first of all, they're Matisse fans. They're not Lauren fans. But it was interesting to see this group of people sort of gravitate to me because I was able to add some extra color to to what he's been up to in the last couple years before maybe he was on the Australian basketball culture radar the way that he certainly is now. And then sort of on a human level, these Australian basketball fans are so nice. I have gotten so many messages, DMs, mentions, whatever, from, from folks in Australia that have enjoyed this run, that have welcomed me in, that have invited me out to Australia, given me food and coffee recommendations for when I go. So if any of you guys are listening, thank you so much for making me feel that welcome. I did not intend to, to make some new virtual friends, but I feel as though I have. And, and Australia has certainly shot to the top of my list of, of places to visit. Hopefully we can continue covering some Aussie international basketball as Sixers people as well, as the crossover remains relevant. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody that's been so kind to me. It's actually been like a little bit touching and a little bit moving. And I'm kind of sad that the run is over because of how much fun I had um, being obviously a very peripheral, small part of it. You said they were curious about Sixers Matisse a little bit. So like, what do you, if you, what did you tell them or what would you tell them about Sixers Matisse when they were inquiring about what he's like? Because if it was their first taste of him playing basketball or seeing him regularly, what do you tell them about what you have seen over the years? Well, I think it's interesting. I think you and I started this conversation talking about the fact that 
if I had told you that Matisse was going to lead the Olympics in steals and steals per game in not so many minutes per game, like that's not surprising because that's what he's been doing in the NBA. But if you haven't watched Matisse in the NBA, you're surprised that this dude is able to do what he does and, and does it with a smile and does it with passion. And I think a lot of people didn't even know about his dual citizenship. So I don't think that he was really on the radar. Um, so for me, it wasn't about sharing any like inside scoop or anything like that. It was more about just saying like, look, he's been doing this. this like is This is actually, does. yeah, this is what this guy does. This is how he makes his money. This is how he's going to continue to, to do it. And and I think it's cool for him also to now have, have developed a much stronger international fan base and, and deepen the connections that he's always had, um, but not everybody was aware of, to Australia. And the fact that he just quickly started doing all of these things that he does in the NBA. Like, he would come on the court and immediately intercept a pass. So there was no seemingly no learning curve or at least like if the fans were like all right let's see what this guy's all about he just got on the court and started doing those things right from the jump which is not always easy to do again when you join any team for a short period of time with a short lead up but a team that's so established when they have veterans like joe Ingles and patty mills that have been together for many years many olympics he just came in and he couldn't have acclimated himself any better I don't think I mean I would zoom out even farther than than international basketball anytime you start a new job or or get a new gig like there's a learning curve and and I agree with you he didn't really seem to have one if he did he hit it really really well and I think for a fan base that has wanted this medal for so long and has been so close over and over and over again to get a piece like Matisse who has such a unique skill set such an impactful skill set at exactly the right time must have felt really good for those fans must have felt really good for Matisse because he's able to look back at this run and know that he made a really interesting and really important impact so it all sort of came together in, in a really great way for this program for our guy and and for these fans so I, it was just so much fun to cover it was so light and like <laughs> wholesome and enjoyable and it was just awesome. Um, I, I've really enjoyed these last few weeks of coverage, despite the obscure hours. My sleep schedule is going to thank me for, for going back to covering the Sixers now, I will say. Matisse Thibel was an Olympic X factor. And I, as we finish up, I, I couldn't get enough on the social media side of things, even for the team account. It was like, who's the MVP of the game or what emoji? Pick your emoji for this player. And the comments are Thibel, 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 or whatever emoji represents Thibel. Even if he's not an option, it seemed like, People yeah. on Instagram were picking him as their player of the game or ultimately the X factor in a lot of their games. And that, of course, is credit not just to, to the way that Matisse plays, but the way that he carries himself, the way that he speaks, the pride that he clearly had for, for being a part of this program. So happy for him, happy for the team, happy for the fan base. Thibault, the Australian Boomers, bronze medalists in Tokyo. The Rose first gold medalists, Rose. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Rose gold medalists in Tokyo, <laughs> the first medal of any kind for the Boomers. And as we put a bow on this, what else do we have on the 76ers podcast network? You might ask, what else can you listen to now that that event is over? Well, Summer League. So there's a few different ways people can get our Summer League content, Lauren. We have our Summer Sixers interviews. You've recently spoken with Isaiah Joe of the Sixers. I've spoken with Brian Adams, who's a Sixers assistant coach, coaching the Summer League team out in Vegas. So that's available on this here feed. And then if you're not already following our other feed, search 76ers Scoop. And over on the feed for the Scoop, we'll have daily five-minute podcasts about the Sixers and the Sixers Summer League previews, recaps, all of that. So more basketball to talk about. It should be fun to parlay that 
into some summer league summer sixers. It never ends. It really, <laughs> really never ends. And we will be here for it all. Thanks again to Lauren Rosen. I am Matt Murphy, and thank you for listening.